Podcast Network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after-show entertainment. AfterBuzz TV, the destination for TV superfans. Producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows. Interviewing celebrities and showrunners. And bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Oh, there we go! <laughs> this for you, Billy B. Billy, Billy O.B. <laughs> welcome, welcome, you guys, to the Hard Knocks After Show. So excited to be back. I'm your host, Christina Kaplan. I'm joined by two returning hosts and one newcomer, guys. Hey, guys, I'm Steph Z. Happy to be back. <laughs> happy to be back. Football has started. I'm so yes. happy I forgot how to talk. That's right. And I'm Frank Majorana. I am the newbie, the aforementioned newbie. Girls, thanks <laughs> for rookie. having me on and being part of your show. The rookie. Of yeah. course. We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll see if you list. I'm going to be carrying your pads by the end of the practice here. Yeah, probably. <laughs> hey, y'all. I'm Lindsay Wagner. Nice to see everybody back again. Sweet. Yes. Enjoy. Yes. Like we said, Frank is a newbie, but we're happy to have him. Our rookie, we're going to haze him. I mean, <laughs> no, no, we won't. He got Thomas. our water before the show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Part, step one of the rookie hazing. Yeah. But... Guys, before we start, tell everyone where they can find you on social media so you guys can tweet at us, message us, whatever. We'll answer your questions. We love to do that, Steph. You guys can tweet me at I-A-M-S-T-E-F-Z. And I'm Let's Go Frank M. <laughs> you guys are so exciting. Mine's, I'm at Lindsay Wagner, L-Y-N-D-S-E-Y-W-E-G-N-E-R. <laughs> and I'm at Tina Cap. Easy. Do it. Send us your questions. All right, guys. So this season, easy. Well, actually, before we get into hard knocks, let's talk about some major football news that um, broke today. If you don't know Steph Z well, you will by the end of this. She's a giant Jets fan, so um, and a huge Jets fan, not a giant Jets fan. It could be confused with the two New York teams. Which she would not She's be proud a to be a Giants huge fan. Jets fan, yes. You know, I've been getting calls. Te- I must. My phone has been blowing up all day about this whole Geno Smith broken jaw thing. No, well, yes. First, tell. Let's tell them he was cold clocked in the uh, locker room by one of the linebackers. Yeah, I don't know how to say his last. Yeah, name. Yeah, he's got a weird, a name. weird last name. But he was <laughs> he's sec- a rookie. He's a, no, his he's second round draft pick. He was there last year. He's a second year guy, number fifty one. It's I T Y K whatever. Anyway. Long story short, I feel like the bigger conversation is, and yes, I'm a Jets fan. We are the laughing stock. I understand. I am, my opinion on this is that this is a blessing in disguise. We got Ryan Fitzpatrick, who I get he's not the best quarterback ever, but he's consistent. And we finally have a vet that maybe our new guys like Bryce Petty can learn from. So I am taking this because we've got vets on our team now. We got Brandon Marshall. We got Eric Decker. Our D is ridiculous. So if we have a guy in there that's consistent, maybe he's not awesome. Maybe he's not, you know, 
a Manning or a Tom Brady or whatever, but if he's consistently good, I feel like the receivers will run the routes and we will score points and our D will hold people down. So I'm going to just boldly say Jets are going to the playoffs at least. Boom. Better record than your charges. You are a... Tr- and she's going to be a traitor anyway. You are a truly delusional Jets fan. Nope. I think it's very sad to see. But nope. Ryan Fitzpatrick was on the Texans last year. Right. Um, so, you know, he was but, successful And with before them. that, he was on the Bills, and he was almost going for an undefeated season. He's a very smart quarterback, went to Harvard. And it was really funny. One of my favorite tweets today I saw was... um do you think uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to be scared that he's going to get punched too? And, <laughs> and they said, no, he, everyone loves Fitzpatrick. He's tutoring all their kids on the SATs. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Didn't he score like a 99 on the Wonderlicht or something like that? He's, he's brilliant. So that's what I'm saying. Like We haven't had that brilliance in our quarterback position for a while. And I feel really good about Bryce Petty. He's our guy. Like He's from Baylor. He's really good, but he's a rookie. So if he can get learn under somebody actual good like we're gonna have a better shot learning under a consistent and kind of good come on do you agree with me a little no, bit no i do agree okay. i've never really been a huge geno smith fan no offense i just kind of think the guy's a little dumb um <laughs> i don't know if he's like no i don't mean it in like a mean way i just mean he's like done a lot of dumb things like he's... he could have been good but he's just messing up i feel like he's just not committed and i know that you guys used to crucify me when we used to compare him to Tim Tebow and it was like not that I thought Tim Tebow was a better coach but Tim Tebow like Geno Smith comes on the field and I wouldn't feel safe I don't feel like he commands the field I'm not like put him in he doesn't have that that leadership or that mentality to take control of the field like Tim Tebow did even though he can't throw the ball but you know what I mean like I I would choose the person that wants to be out there and commands the attention rather than someone who doesn't and throws a million interceptions and like, is not great. Like our quarterbacks? You <laughs> yeah, mean Aaron right. Rodgers and Matt Stafford that command a team? Uh-huh. <laughs> mm, I'm going to let that one slide. We'll see Thursday right. preseason, baby. <laughs> You're going down. Well, yeah, let's, so. let's slide right into the quarterbacks on the Houston Texans who we saw today. <clears throat> Brian Hoyer, yeah, and Ryan Mallet, some real flashy names. <laughs> so excited to see what happens in that quarterback battle. <laughs> but really, um, they're both veteran guys on a team that has really needed a quarterback for a while. So, right. I mean, we didn't really get to see too much of them yet, except that they. Their jerseys were forgotten on the road trip. <laughs> right. Um, but what do you, what are your guys' expectations for that quarterback battle? Do you think that somebody is? I think Hoyer's going to get the starting position. Really? Really? I, I disagree. I think Mallet's going to get too. it. I do too. I agree. Yeah. And this is why, and again, I could be wrong, but you know, I'm a creature of habit. I feel his presence, his stance, the way he talks, everything. I feel like he's more, he's there. I feel like Mallet's a little bit like. <laughs> well, yeah, he did like kind of say song playing is. <laughs> He's like, why did I throw that ball? Like, yeah, and it's like I don't know. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure it's going to be a good competition because I don't think there's one that shines mm-hmm. a lot brighter than the other one. Right, yeah. But I don't know. It'll be interesting if I'm the only one that thinks that. I'm okay with that. Well, I think Mallet is has more arm talent. 
I mean, I, I'm actually quite familiar with Mallet because he went to Michigan for a year. I'm from Michigan. I went to Michigan for school. And so he went to Michigan for a year, then went to Arkansas, and then obviously went pro and was with the Patriots. And we saw, you know, in the show that he was with the Patriots, and so was Hoyer. So he has a lot of experience with this system. And he's big. He's 6'5". He's 230. He's got a nasty, strong arm. And he just made a stupid play in practice. I, I think you're allowed to do it, mm-hmm. right. you know, in practice. He slid right and then threw across his body all the way. Um, but this team is only going to go so far as these guys right. perform. I mean, they're not elite. I, th- I don't think anybody, you know, you heard Coach O'Brien at the beginning of the practice say, no one's talking about us. No yeah. one's talking about our quarterbacks. In fact, they're talking bad about us. So he really needs to get the best out of them if they're going to do well. And I really think it's Ryan Mallett. I think it's Ryan Mallett, too. And I think it, I think all of this is just dependent on some players coming together. We need healthy players. We've already lost Arian Foster until yeah. the second week in September, I believe, yeah. is when ESPN said that he was going to come back. Um, you know, if we can get... Uh, JD, how is it? Jadevion? Jadevion. Jadevion. JD. We can get JD (laughs) healthy with JJ Watt and Cushing. Christina, you love him. My boy. Um, he's your boy. <laughs> if we can get all three of them, that means they can't double team or triple team JJ Watt. This is a great defensive line. They can get some offensive plays back. I think that that the defense then will bring the offense together, bring these new wide receivers that they're going to get in. Um, who was the wide receiver they were watching today? Uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. Yeah. He's gonna. He looks fantastic. Yeah, he looks. He's good. running some great he routes was, and plays. He was a solid number two wideout last year for them. I right. mean, I had him on my fantasy team. Mm-hmm. He had solid production so there's no there's no doubt that he can you know that he won't be a good um you know replacement so to speak for Andre Johnson he's got the talent and the speed so I mean we saw some good things from him already I don't think that um, that'll be an issue. And just real quick, the the news on Foster is that his muscle tore away from his bone yeah in his groin Ouch. I mean, that yeah. really hurts, and he's going to be out at least eight weeks, they're saying. Yeah. So that's half the season. So they're yeah. without their best offensive weapon for half the year. Right. So they've really got to – Hopkins has to come up big. Their offensive line has to open up holes for guys like Alfred Blue, who did not perform as well last year when Foster was out and injured. Um, this team's got a lot of question marks on the offensive end. And, but like you were saying, Lindsay, I mean, they've got the talent on defense. Mm-hmm. Can their defense keep them in games long enough to where their offense can get enough points to get them over the top? Those are the questions that we need to be watching for, right. you know, as the season keeps going. Yeah. Yes. Well, I, no, go ahead. Go. I was going to say, and I think a lot of that comes from, like we see early in this episode, early in the beginning, a lot of it comes from teamwork. A lot of it comes from being on the same page. A lot of it comes from relationships. And I don't know about you guys, but I'm a really big fan of Coach Bill O'Brien. I love him. Yeah. I never, again, like you don't know a coach until you watch it. Like you know the coach, but you don't see his mannerisms, the way he speaks to his team, what he stands for until, you know, that team is on hard knocks. And I'm really, really impressed with him and it's just everything about well, him. I really. We're like also him. talking about a coach that went in and coached Penn State. Yeah, right. I mean, who really <laughs> wants to come in and take over a team like that? Yeah. And then not only he was offered, he could have left, and he decided to stay for another year. Mm-hmm. Right. So he's obviously a man of integrity. Wants the team to succeed and do well and lead them, and that's I think what he's going to bring 
to the Texans. Yeah, I totally agree with you. He, he was really impressive. And I came in here tonight and watching the show going, everything that ESPN guys are saying about how the Texans have no chance and they're not going to win a whole lot of games. But then you listen to him talk. Oh, I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. And yeah, and he goes, <laughs> you know, he, it's us against the world. You know, we are 30 games below 500. No one thinks we're going to win. Uh, you know, I wrote that down and I kind of got a little fired up. I was like, yeah, I believe in this guy. You know, you, you really start changing right. your mind when you listen to him more and more. Yeah, and I really liked how he started and he was questioning the rookies on their knowledge of the team. Like yeah. you got like how do you not know? And it was interesting because they were saying that the rookies knew the rookies but they didn't know the vets and I would think that it would be different. I would think that if I got drafted on a team, I would know every freaking person on that team. You know yeah. your teammates and you wouldn't know the other new people, but I guess since you're playing with the other people in college and you know them from, I guess it's whatever. Well, not only that, and you're coming in at the same time as them, you're doing right. a lot of stuff rookie only, like yeah. the rookies arrive before everyone else to camp, so they're kind of together. You still gotta know. No, you still I know. gotta suck up to them. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, you gotta know who all those are. I mean, like if Frank would have been like, who are you and who? what's your name today? Yeah. We would have been like, Psh, get out of here. He knew. <laughs> Okay. We've been your in names. this league, Frank, for a long time. <laughs> I know. Yep. You're the vets. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, it. it's definitely a show of character for Bill O'Brien that he's already quizzing these guys. He's holding them to higher standards. He wants them. He wants this team to be a unit. And I think yeah. that's when teams are most successful is when everyone is working together, unlike the Jets who are getting into fights oh, in the locker go. room, you know? <laughs> no, okay, I got two things for that. Number one, I completely agree with you. And that was a question that I wanted to hear your guys' opinion on. How much, granted, there's teams, there's talent, there's teams that have great supporting casts for a quarterback, there's teams that have good teams, no quarterback. How much of it do you think in the like if you made it a math equation, how much of it do you think is these relationships and how these teams like locker room? Like how much does the locker room weigh on the success of a team? There's a reason it's called the Vince Lombardi trophy. It's good it's good leadership. It comes from the coach, it comes from the beginning, and it trickles down. And those players, when you see JJ Watt talking, I'm fired up then too. Right. So you see these people, and that all then comes to the locker room, I think, together. So I'm saying, well, you think it's 50-50? You think, you think the most, the most talented team could have a shitty locker room, and then they would have a bad season? No. You know what I mean? Like, I want, do you think that, it stays in the locker room, and when they're on the field, these guys shelf it because there's been more so than ever. You had Cam Newton this week. You had Geno Smith today. There's been you had the fight in the Redskins room. Like there, I feel like there's been more. And again, I don't know if it's because now everyone's a reporter. Something happens in the locker room. Someone takes it. Like years ago, maybe these locker room stuff wouldn't get out as much, so we wouldn't know. But I feel like there's more and more locker room quote unquote drama happening nowadays than than in the past. Um, I think it's just kind of being exacerbated a little bit more by the media because I've heard guys at NFL Network speaking about it and there's all there's always drama, there's always fights, there's always guys that don't get along on a team. But you like you said, you shelf it when you go out for the game because you're all trying to get to a common goal, goal which is win. So I don't think I think that having a group having a unit that gets along and that wants to work together is very beneficial. I don't think that it's, you know, really going to make that big of a difference if there right. is a few feuds going on if you have enough talent. Unless you know? so, unless someone breaks your quarterback's jaw. And well, yeah, then he's just going to get he's just going to get uh, let go and But we did talk about on. that last year how offense and defense they're not made to get along. 
they're not going to get along. So they do have to shelf that when it comes down to on the field because they have to count on one another. Right. To either, yeah. I mean, that's a little different than I feel like. The, just because the offense and defense doesn't get along, the quarterback gets punched in the face. Well, no. Well, of course that shouldn't <laughs> happen. But I, th- I think that Christina's right that it all gets exacerbated because of the media now. Because it's just more. We want to hear this. We're dying to hear these little bits and pieces. And do I? I don't really care. I would rather hear about the team doing well than these little dramatic things. Right. I mean, it's going to happen. It's a brutal game out there. You see right. the, the guys battling in the receiver and the defensive back groups. I mean, to, to get that little foot of space, you've got to you know, give them a shiver and then throw them back. And so there's a lot of physical contact happening really quick. And these guys, I mean, this is their jobs, their livelihood. So they're going 110% as hard as they can. So stuff like that's going to happen. I mean, you're going to have scuffles. The issue with the Jets is... This is something that happened in the locker room over $600 in a plane flight. It's just silliness. So I think, you know, what Christina was saying is right, is that, you know, the little things happen and that kind of fuels your team and actually can sometimes bring you together. Yeah. Um, but this, obviously, this Jets issue is just wholly, I mean, totally different. Honestly, though, I really think, and I, and I got love for Gino, but I feel like this is going to work out to our advantage. So, um yeah, playoffs, here we come. <laughs> okay, back to the Houston Texans, the team that we're right. supposed to be talking about I here. didn't start the Jets segue, you <laughs> I did. <laughs> I know, I did, I did. I'm sorry, I just can't help myself. It's all right, I can take it. <laughs> all right, so let's talk a little bit about the vets on this Texans team. Um, we kind of open up the episode after Bill O'Brien's speech with Vince Wilfork at the Ringling Brothers Circus, and he's a large man, and he's standing next to an elephant. He's like, wow, they're so big. They're so big. (laughs) And um, I thought that was kind of a funny, like, juxtaposition to show, like, how big he is, and he feels small next to this animal. (laughs) Um, But how beneficial do you think is having a veteran like Vince Wilfork, who's a two-time Super Bowl champion, played 11 years with the Patriots, which obviously is a dynasty organization, coming into okay, coming into <laughs> a Texans team that needs kind of needs a little bit more leadership. I think it's a great thing. I mean, I think it is amazing. I mean, they they need those guys, and especially Vince Wilfork. Yeah, I mean, he's a great guy. He's hilarious. Yeah. We saw him out there playing basketball with his <laughs> yeah. family. I mean, th- I think that was my favorite scene in the show. He's like, "Yeah, here comes Jordan. Here comes Vladi Divac," and then he throws it <laughs> off the backboard and doesn't even score. But then he gets on fire. I mean, he seems like a magnetic personality. We saw him with Tom Brady, and they've got all their ice mm-hmm. on their hands. It's like, dang. I, and and he's got to gather that respect from the rest of the guys in the locker room too, because hey, I've been there. I've won championships and you can look at me to you know to see what we have to do and um, he's just so valuable especially with a young team who who seems to be on the rebound I mean two years ago they were two and 14 last year they were nine and seven and just missed the playoffs Mm -hmm. so they're missing just that little ingredient and maybe that sort of veteran leadership gets them over the top yeah yeah man Vince is a hooper (laughs) it'll be interesting to see how him and J.J. Watt if they parallel each other, add to each other, if because JJ Watt, I feel like is the vet on the team mm-hmm. who is like, well, he was clearly the captain of the defense, I was gonna say you that. know. Yeah. So um, I think it seems to me, as far as Vince's personality goes, he's kind of going to be that back, you know, back seat guy, mm-hmm. but there for you if right. you need to talk to him. Right. Whereas JJ is the voice of the defense, and he kind of commands that respect. I mean, you saw him. We saw great cuts of him after practice, after they had a crappy game 
the defense played like crap. You know, his coach was calling him out. And after they're done, whatever, they huddle up, they leave, and he stays and is working and working and working. And I don't know if that was yeah. the producers like, hey, you want to stay and do a little yeah, right. thing? Or if it really, I think it probably was him. I'm sure he's first in, last out. But I yeah. definitely think it might have been the producers when he's like, let me take my shoulder pads off. Yeah. <laughs> Show my muscles. Show those guns off, yeah. JJ. <laughs> Which but, is fine. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure the ladies have I mean, no problem not, with that. We're not complaining at all. He's a massive human, and I can't imagine standing next to him how big his arm. Like his arms just look huge. Yeah, yeah, you know? they're like a body. Um, but yeah, he's a very <laughs> polarizing uh, person, player on that team, and it shows by his what he does, you know what I mean? He goes out there like stuff that he's probably first in, last out. Then he goes and he signs autographs literally every single person in line. He's yeah. signing their autograph. I mean, I, if you didn't already know, J.J. Watt's a great guy, and you see that in this first episode. Yeah, he's super humble, too, I feel like. Yeah. You've seen, because he has been, I mean, what you know, he seems to be their golden boy in a way, you know, and it's clear that like, also that's different from last year. When we did Hard Knocks last season with the Falcons, I don't feel like there was one person that stood out as much as JJ and got as much camera time, especially the first episode. Yeah. So I feel like you know, and we've seen him in the news. Like, you see him when he does the stuff with Katy Perry for the Super Bowl. You see him in the picture with Jennifer Aniston. when He, he seems just very humble and one of those guys that's like, wow, I just want to play football and do my best, but wait, I get to do this other stuff too? Okay, cool, but I don't really know how to take it. But what I'm supposed to do is sign all these autographs because all these people are standing here cheering for me. Like, yeah. he seems to make good choices. Because he's from Wisconsin. Oh, jeez. <laughs> it totally is. He bought a house there, like an $800,000 house, which in Wisconsin is like a flipping mansion. Ginormous mansion in LA. I calm down. And, but like, <laughs> yeah. he could live anywhere in the world. And he chooses to live by his family in Wisconsin. I just think that that's like he's just a down to earth good guy. I mean, at the end when we see him playing bags with his family, bags. Did you hear it? <laughs> what is that? What it, is yeah. that? What you guys call it? Well, we it's isn't cornhole. It cornhole? Yeah, cornhole. Yeah, cornhole. Like, in Wisconsin we call it bags. I've heard of bags before too, but I'm but, from Michigan, so it must be a Midwest thing. It yeah. must be. But you see him doing that with his family. He's obviously he's got his JJ Watt Foundation. It's made over a million dollars for sixth to eighth graders for after school like athletics. I mean, the guy's a good, solid dude. Yeah. yeah. I feel like, too, that there's probably, a, not to take anything away from JJ, but I feel like there's a lot of players that do stuff like sure. that. But, of course, we always, like, in the media, you always hear about the bad stuff more than a lot of the good mm-hmm. stuff. So it's really nice to see and, and to learn that stuff. And he's filled a big void for the Texans since he came in on day one. Everyone forgets he was drafted the year after they lost Mario Williams to the Buffalo Bills. Mario Williams, number one overall pick, too. So, And that was the year that Vince Young was coming out, and there was a lot of pressure on the Texans to get Vince Young, but they went with Mario Williams instead. Williams leaves, now Watt comes in, and they haven't missed a beat. So he's been a mainstay for them, and they're a relatively young team they're only this is their 14th season and uh, you know between him and Andre Johnson they're pretty much the best two players that have ever played for that uh, franchise so he's really important to them based on a yearly salary he is the highest non-quarterback played player and he deserves it and he deserves it he's that good I mean when you see him in practice and you see him flipping that tire thousand pound tire (laughs) I mean, I don't even think I can get that. I don't even think I can get my fingers under there to even (laughs) attempt to do that. I mean, crazy. 
And the NFL Network does a best top 100 players of 2014 voted on by the players. He was voted on number one player overall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So to have the respect of your peers as well mm-hmm. means yeah. a lot. And I loved in his quote when he was working out and he said, create that chip on your shoulder. Mm-hmm. You know, create a reason to go out there and be the best and prove everyone that you are the best. And I love that he kind of, because right now, he has no chip on his shoulder. He is the best. He is by far, hands down, the best. But in order to get better, he's, you know, working towards, I don't even be staying the best, I guess, but it's just a good, it's a good mentality to have and it shows what kind of a, a person is, what kind of an employee, so to speak, yeah. he is as well. I'm sure he's, in his own mind, has his own secret chips that he's created yes, to yes. keep him motivated. Because you really, have to at that point. He's I feel really, like. really upset that Jennifer Aniston got married this last weekend. <laughs> he actually said it. Um, I think it was on first take or something. He actually really? is like, uh, addressed his disappointment that she got married. Yeah, JJ, stay out of the media for that kind of stuff. Isn't he with, <laughs> stay uh, out of what's it. her name, the tennis player? I don't know who girl? he's dating. I don't care. Sharpova? No. Oh, my God. No. She's, like, this cute little, like, blonde girl. I forget her name, but maybe they're not dating anymore. I don't know. We're going to have to do some homework on that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, that's not a huge thing, but whatever. <laughs> All right. So, injuries. Injuries. We already mm-hmm. already get hit with the injury bug. Ooh. Arian Foster. You mentioned it earlier, Frank. Number one running back on this team. Top I don't know if I would say top five because there's so many good running backs right now, but definitely top ten running back in the league. A huge blow to lose him for, what did you say, eight weeks, I think? Uh, Yeah, at least half the season he's going to be out. I mean, it's a groin injury, and the muscle pulled away from his bone, so he has to go in for surgery. It's a long comeback. And then the other part of this, you're exactly right. He was 10th overall last year in effectiveness as a running back. His backup, Alfred Blue, was 44th. And uh, I was reading an article on uh, running back combos. And um, between Arian Foster and Alfred Blue, Alfred Blue was one of the fourth worst effective backup runners in terms of position relative to their, you know, to their their primary back in front of them. So, you know, it's going to be a real challenge for the Texans to get the running game going. and. This injury really, really hurts. I mean, I don't think you could come up with a script that would be more um, detrimental to the team than to lose Arian Foster for half the season. I mean, unless you lost him for the entire thing. I mean, the yeah. only positive you could see in that is I think Hoyer and Mallett are both kind of pass-heavy quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And obviously we saw DeAndre Hopkins is doing well. I'm not sure the depth chart who their other wide receivers are, but... Well, Cecil Shorts is coming in, too. Yeah, so there's another you know solid vet that's been in the league for a while. So that can kind of be the silver lining, I guess, <laughs> right. but it still hurts to lose him for sure. And we had Clyatt, Clyatt, what was his first name? Richard, Richard. Clyatt, yep. torn ACL, rookie linebacker who had extreme promise. Obviously, mm-hmm. Bill O'Brien said, you know, yeah, I want him to be a Texan in 2016. He loved him just from what he saw in training camp enough to want to keep him. Um, but injuries are so tough in training camp. It's just... It's hard to watch in training camp even more, I think, than a game. Yeah. Because you feel really bad for them because you have to wonder, we were talking about this during the show, that do they get to stay and play? Right. Or do they get dropped? And it and it really is... It's it's a... Case by case. Thank you, Steph. Case by case completely. And they're going to keep uh, Rashard. They're going to keep him. 
Well, obviously, but, they're keeping obviously. Arian Foster. And, yeah, <laughs> yeah, go on. Yeah. But Arian Foster... Well, but as a rookie, I think. Yeah, no, no. It's a little bit more yeah. scary as a rookie because yeah. you don't know if they're going to let you go. And then you're free agent. You get picked up by somebody else. They pick you up halfway through the season. You know, you can't... You just don't know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's really brutal. When, when that happened, all of us, as we were watching it, went, oh... And the crazy oh, thing is, we all so knew what happened. Yeah, because <laughs> well, it happened I mean, last week. Yeah, you see him holding his knee. I mean, he was no a, with Richard. We didn't oh, know Richard. about him. Oh, I thought you were talking about. No, no, no I'm talking about Richard. So Richard's a sixth round draft pick. He was picked 211th overall. So, I mean, his contract's not going to be you know explosive like JJ Watts, but you know, hopefully he's going to be able to come back and next year and, and keep his spot on the team. But it's just brutal for a guy who is, you know, coming from behind, probably has a little bit of chip on his shoulder that other teams passed on him and was performing really well, to have that all stolen from him in one play. In one play, Mm -hmm. your fortune can change, and that's for anybody in this league. Yeah, Yeah. it's true. And then it was interesting to see Coach O'Brien talk about that. Mm -hmm. He's like, you never know. The injuries happen. You never know. Every single day, yeah. Which is, you know, incentive to keep everybody, you know, practicing their hardest, but it's also, like, scary as well that there's really no control. Yeah, Yeah. but we all know, too, though, that Arian Foster is one of those players that is injury-prone. Yeah. He's some players are yes some players are and he's one of those I know in fantasy football last year it's like do you draft him right. like do I really want to take him for my first round pick or do I want to take somebody else because maybe they may not be as great but he's going to get hurt halfway through the season I know it he's going to be out for four games and I'm going to be screwed so do you go with that chance and he's somebody that has that and I loved hearing him talk at the beginning of the episode saying I've got this coach he's so yeah. great he's my same body type he pushes for me like hearing his excitement. And then he's hurt. Yeah, it was really sad because we already knew that he was, you know, injured. So watching him train and stuff was kind of like a little bit of a letdown. Um, But whatever, you got to move on. And during their joint practice with the Redskins, Deshaun Jackson got injured as well, running into a training sled. So a lot of people getting injured right now. But let's talk about those joint practices quickly because... um, there was a lot that happened. <laughs> yeah. Does it... Okay, for me, it really excites me to see two teams kind of go after it. I don't know. I love seeing yeah. the fighting, even I though too. I don't want them to get injured and whatever. But what do you guys think about that? Five fights broke out in the day day three of joint practices. I totally agree with you. I love it. I mean, it's just so great to see them out there battling and, and you know, going after each other. Because, look, they're not out there to be friends. I mean, this is somebody that is trying to beat you and, and take away, you know, what you're going after. A lot of these guys need that motivation that, you know, this is my livelihood. You're trying to take my job away from me and make me look bad. And, you know, a lot's on the line. I love it because the stakes are so high. So they're going after it as hard as they can. Yeah, sometimes tensions boil over, but that's football. You yeah. disagree, Steph? I think it's horseshit. Me no. too. I think it's absolute horseshit. Mm-hmm. It's what? a lack of discipline. Mm-hmm. You're not there to fight. There, are, If you want to go fight, there are other sports. You're there to play football. And if you can't keep your composure because you're pissed off because someone says something to you when you don't make a good play, But what kind of fights are you talking about? Yeah, are you just talking about little scuffles? Brawl. I mean, the brawl, we're not talking about the brawl. No. Oh, I mean, we're just we're like talking the, about the Like a little bit of pushing and like basketball. You know what I mean? Like a little bit of contact. Fine, let the guys play. But I feel like... Like, 
you know, it's like you give them an inch, they're going to take a yard. Right. And I feel like that's what happened. And the mentality of these guys is like, you're not, you're not hiring animals. It's not what it is. It's game of football. This would never happen years ago. It's mm-hmm. all these egos. It's all this stuff. And the discipline of this team leads to things like people getting punched in the face in the locker room. Like, if you don't stop it at that mm-hmm. that first point, where's the line? And it with the NFL lights. and with the anger and, like, all the stuff that's happening, they don't really know how to regulate anything with all – like, there's so much happening. That is a lack of discipline in this league that I love very, very much. But <laughs> does she? No, I do. But you know what I'm saying. I feel like at this point in time, it's like, oh hell no. If I was that coach, uh uh-uh. uh. Well, no. Last year on the Falcons, if anyone fought, remember they were out then for yeah. the next game. And yeah. I think that that's a good way to kind of do it. You do have to set some sort of discipline. This is where the stupid injuries come into play, not the little you know pushing or the ribbing each other and that stuff. No. No, whatever. But when that that's the only thing that leads into the big brawls, and then that's when somebody's going to get injured or somebody's going to go to the locker room and cold cock somebody. It's just stupid, and it's no discipline. It's the coach. The coach is saying, "Get out of there, Texans! Get out!" You get can't out. do that at any other job. Like no. we can't all just stop fighting. Yeah, but I mean, it's apples and oranges. Okay, <laughs> I mean, obviously, it's apples and oranges. I, here, but here, it's not in the it. same sense. It shouldn't be to that extent. Like they're there to play football. I, I get that, but I think the conflict between the two teams it leads to some really fun moments, and we saw one in this episode between DeAndre Hopkins and D'Angelo Hall. Mm-hmm. So D'Angelo Hall's on the sideline, John at Hopkins after after Hopkins made a sweet catch, and then he came back and broke his ankles on the you know on the next rep or the next play. And Fine, that's just love so it. Gra- I mean, let yeah, the that's karma get it. No, no, no pushing necessary. Yeah, no karma get necessary. No dirty play necessary. Mm-hmm. Scoreboard. That's how you get back at somebody. That's right. Have them no, look at the scoreboard. I agree with you. That's I, the ultimate win in my book. <laughs> exactly. And that guy looked like a fool who got his ankles broke. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's way. That's way for me as an athlete. That would be a way better win to a scuffle or fight than yeah. punching somebody. That's more fulfilling. Totally exactly. agree with you. I think it's totally just it's just, a, it's just mindset. Totally agree. <laughs> yeah, I do too. I never said I like the punching. No, no one likes I the brawls. I just like, same thing, you know, in basketball, in any sport, I like when guys kind of go at it a little bit and chatter to to each other or like, you know, just a little shove, like get out of my way or whatever. And then they go proceed on to, you know, break ankles like right. DeAndre did. But I feel like then it comes down to the other sports like baseball where you've got a pitcher hitting somebody. You're doing things on purpose. These fights are starting then on purpose. Yeah. And they're I mean, trying to hurt each other. They're not sit- What do you think these guys in this big fight they're sitting there trying to like push each other around and not actually hurt each other? Yeah. What do you think they do when they're there's a fumble and they're reaching into the like grab the ball? They're poking each other's eyes. They're doing whatever they can to hurt the person. That's the same mentality that's going into it when they're getting in these brawls. And that all starts with the little fights. Sorry, I'm getting amped up. <laughs> she's mad like, because she's a Packers fan, and Indominus Sue stepped on Aaron Rodgers after one play back in the day. And, oh, uh, multiple times he stepped on a guy's face. He stepped on Aaron Rodgers' shin when he was hurt. He's a he's a dirty player. I don't like it. There are so I think that's what it comes down to too. There, there's there's a fine line between like having the intensity and being dirty. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, totally. Oh, kind right. of derailed the whole we, we conversation, got fired up there. but yeah, I love it. <laughs> I love right. it. Anyway. All right, so quickly, let's end up end up with someone who we actually saw a lot of um, rookie Kevin Johnson. Yeah. He is a corner out of what do you say, Wake Forest? Yes. Frank? Yeah. Yes. 
Mm-hmm. He was their first round draft pick this year. Mm-hmm. And we find out that his sister is actually a cheerleader for the Ravens, which yeah. I thought was pretty cool. That is interesting. Exciting <laughs> I athletic it. family, I guess. I, don't, I mean, I mean, I've had, hey, I said this last season. I, I was think. a cheerleader for eight years. We I know, are very I athletic. Absolutely. I said this last season. I'm going to just. But I'm um, not going to say it. You know what I think. But I'm not gonna say anything. Keep my mouth shut. You guys should right now because I was a cheerleader for eight <laughs> years, high school and college, competed at a national level. You know what, Lindsay? I'm sure that you were amazing. I oh. think you guys should arm wrestle, and I would have cheered <laughs> for you. I would have cheered for you as you were cheering for the team. I will say this: the cheerleaders in the NFL are a little bit more dance related. It's not stunting, and that. It, and I'm not I'll saying that dancing this. isn't difficult or hard or athletic, but when you're throwing girls in the air and I'm catching a 120 pound girl and putting her onto my shoulders, when I'm up in a stunt and I have to balance, that's athletic. Yes, you're talking about the guys throwing these girls, catching them. We're flying 15, 20 feet in the air doing yeah. tricks. It is very athletic. Uh, uh, of sports teams, cheerleaders in the NFL, it is a little bit different unless they are stunting. I, I will say that. You were gonna say something. I was gonna say. I was gonna say something real quick. I was gonna say. A friend of mine is a choreographer, at whatever, however you say it. And um, we were we had this kind of debate about athlete versus dancer. So she actually made me do a dance class recently, like mm-hmm. within the past month. And I have to say, I haven't sweat that much in like years, mm-hmm. and it was pretty difficult. Yeah. So it, it gave me dancing, cheering still. I don't know how I feel about it. But it gave me a little <laughs> bit more of like, all right, this is a workout. I would have paid money to see Steph Z in a dance class. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was the most amazing thing ever. <laughs> I'd go back. It was fun. I was the most terrible person in the room. Oh, my gosh. I doubt that. I think you've got some rhythm in you. I do, but it was like a dance that apparently they had all been learning for two weeks. And I was like turning the wrong way. It was amazing. Anyway, I wonder we'll if go. Kevin Johnson would be a good dancer. You know, Obviously in the family. He might yeah. be. He's quick on his feet. Looking I feel like a great like those, cornerback. I feel like those corners kind of have like the steps, the moves to be a dancer. I don't know. Yeah, they they they're in tune with their body. The back pedal. Unless you're like a Victor <laughs> yeah. Cruz. Oh, look at you shaking it. <laughs> oh, Get the Harlem Shake going here. All right. All right. Well, episode one in the books. It's exciting. I think there's been a lot of action so far, and I'm excited for the rest of this season. Yeah. So, guys, like. I said before, tweet us, write your comments in the YouTube, subscribe to YouTube, podcast, everything. Give us your feedback. We'd love to hear from you. And my wonderful panel, where can they find you on social media again? Hey, guys. It's Lindsay here. You guys can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Lindsay Wagner or my blog, lindsaywagner.blogspot.com. And you guys can find me on Twitter at Let's Go Frank M. I'm looking forward to see Jadeveon Clowney coming up soon in this yeah, season. JD. You guys can find me on all the social media platforms at I-A-M-S-T-E-F-Z. And you can find me on Instagram or Twitter at Tina Cap. And we will see you next week. See you guys. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.